So, at the beginning of this summer, I consider summer Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yes. I understand it's still 120 degrees here. Right. We don't need to talk about it. Um, to me, we are entering fall. Mm-hmm. So, Jordan and I, despite my crazy summer, bit off some DIY projects Memorial Day weekend. Uh-huh. But because... The internet lies, right. and so does HGTV. Mm-hmm. We finished them around Labor Day. Yeah, that's how <laughs> things actually work. I just want to be clear. So I want to share a couple of things we did, because yes, I think you'll appreciate them. Good. I'll show you some pictures. But in our bathroom, we have one bathroom in our home, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It has brought Jordan and I very cl- It's brought me and Jordan closer together. I'm sure. Um, but it had a pedestal sink. And yes. I got it in my head. I know the pedestal sink was chosen because that bathroom is the size of my thumbnail. Uh-huh. But I wanted some storage. You wanted a vanity. Yeah, and I wanted a vanity. Yeah. So found one at Lowe's, measured it, whatever. We painted the bathroom over Memorial Day. Please imagine, again, a bathroom the size of your thumbnail, two people with stepladders trying to paint. It was yeah, a real no, journey. That's a one-person job. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real journey. It's a one-person job, except half the fun of DIY is listening to music and... Visiting with one another, etc. Okay, so we did it. Might have gotten high off paint fumes. It's fine. (laughs) So then we uninstall the sink. I'm like, we can do this Mm -hmm. because the vanity just slides over. Right. Okay, that is true. There is is plumbing involved. Okay, we do that. Well, then our wall has a large baseboard, a thick baseboard. Okay. So now nothing is flush. Right. So it looks very dorm room-esque. Right. And water can go behind because right. nothing is flush and able to be caulked to right. the wall. Okay, well, whatever, we can't do that. So we move on to like other projects. We paint the bottom cabinets of the kitchen. And not just remove the baseboard? Uh, we did not want to remove the baseboard. Okay. I was like, I trust somebody else to do that. I don't actually trust us to do that. Okay, um, fair. Which, if you know me and Jordan, is fair. When it comes to handiness... We are like two nutty professors. I follow directions very well. So if you, if I watch a YouTube video mm-hmm. or if I just read directions, I can do it. Um, Jordan takes three hours to do like a one hour long thing because that's who Jordan is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but I will say Jordan watched a YouTube video about the plumbing situation. He got our faucet back up and running. I was very impressed. Good. The pl- Then we had a plumber come check it out and I got P-I-double-S at the plumber because the plumber came in and was like... Somebody used a lot of plumber's putty. And I looked at him. I was by myself. And I was like, my husband did that. And he worked very hard. (laughs) Thank you very much. How dare you? Did I hire that plumber? I did not. (laughs) How dare you make fun of Jordan's work? He worked so hard on that. Oh, so mad. Okay. So anyway, fast forward. Jordan's parents came while I was in London. They did some painting. Jordan's dad put in the cabinet, like reinstalled it, which meant, of course, all of Jordan's hard plumbing work had to be undone. Right. Because then it had to be centered. It was this whole big thing. Okay, figured it out. Good Mm -hmm. job. He cocks it to the wall. Well, our walls are crooked because our house is old. Right. So, I'm sorry. I just have to say that this is what actually happens when you do a home improvement project. It is. So, halfway through the summer, looks beautiful, but basically giant gaping like slowly gaping gap behind our sink. Yeah, it just kind of angles. angles. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So this past weekend, we thought about like exorbitant amounts of caulk. We thought about like a marble piece. Uh-huh. Anyway, 
bought a mirror that like now sits on top of our vanity. It hangs, but mm-hmm. it sits so it totally looks flush. Now everything looks even. But how many mirrors do you think I had to buy before I found the one that fit? At least three. Yes, that's correct. The third mirror <laughs> was the <laughs> So I just want everybody to know that how many square feet do you think my bathroom is? I mean, it's so small. Honestly, uh, let's see. It's so tiny. I'd say it's like five and a half by nine. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. It took us Memorial Day to Labor Day. <laughs> to totally finish the bathroom. And 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 I just want people to know that what you see on the internet is a lie. And it's fine because it's inspirational. Like that's where I got yeah. a lot of my ideas. That's how I wanted yeah, it, it to look. Great. But it's not for the faint of heart. You just need to know for somebody like me who it's not even so much instant gratification I like, it's just completion mm-hmm. I like. And so leaving a sink half done yeah. about does me in right. for three months. But nevertheless we persisted it looks great um i'm going to show you pictures after we stop talking because i'm so proud good but also this is what this is my other thing yeah i think the american dream has been sold to us that we have to own homes oh yeah look guys maybe you do and i understand that renting to some extent can feel like throwing your money away right i do understand that however this is my other thing. Before moving to Thomasville, the longest Jordan and I had ever lived in a home was two years max. Right. We moved from townhome to house to apartment, all rentals, loved them all. Now we've lived in Thomasville in the same home mm-hmm. that we bought for six years. And now you're looking around and you take a painting off the wall and there's dust around uh-huh. your painting. And you're like, oh no, now <laughs> I have to paint. Right. Whereas in my old places, you, I painted right when we moved in and then never again right because why would you need it's, to you don't need regular maintenance in a rental you don't and now i'm like oh my gosh who's gonna do these baseboards oh well, me yeah oh i'm gonna do that uh-huh. so we got like our house pressure wash earlier this year but now we're slowly painting the inside part of me is like i just want to hire a painter i'm down to my living room and two bedrooms we can do it. You can do it. I think um, that's my goal before the end of the year. But I did look around and here's what happens. You paint your walls mm-hmm. and then you're all of a sudden like, oh no, my trim needs to be painted. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's like if you give a moose a cook- muffin. If you give a moose a muffin. Mm-hmm. If you give a mouse Most a cookie. cookie. Yeah. That's exactly what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. And you start painting and you're like, oh no, more has to be done. <sighs> it's. Oh no, I also hate uh... this. Like. <laughs> Yeah, even <laughs> even with cleaning, you get the like degrees, the smaller degrees yes. of that. Like, well, I cleaned the sink. Well, now I need to clean the floor. Yes, or oh, now the mirror. Now looks the mirror disgusting. looks horrible. Yes, yeah. it is so. And so we painted. We, my aunt, uncle, mom, and dad, while I worked on Saturday, painted my hallway and my dining room. It looks amazing. My aunt graciously also painted the trim. But now, of course, she painted the trim of those three spaces, uh, two spaces plus the bathroom. No, and not now the rest. I'm like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> I got to paint these baseboards, which when, honestly, that's my other thing. Who has the time? The people on Instagram doing this crap are paid to do it by HGTV yes, or, they are. or Home Home Depot or yep. something. And so I love Young House Love, but this is literally their job. I have another job. Yes. So. So. So the baseboards are what they are. Ba- and that's 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 our mantra. The baseboards are what they are. Welcome 
welcome to episode 239 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jansen, and I cannot believe we have this many episodes. I was just thinking that. <laughs> That's uh, a huge number. It is a very large number. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. We made it to a new month. Hallelujah, amen. Yep. Um, the last full month of summer is now behind us. Hopefully in the next 30 to 60 days, the temperature will begin dropping. 60. 60. I'm going to say 60 so that if it does it before then, I will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I'm sure people are very invested. My front door is less sticky. Good. Yeah. Like I'm getting through no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, August was tough. Yeah. August was a tough time. Even on Saturday, I think you'll think this is funny. I went to my front door. Mm-hmm. I had left it open because the paint fumes. Getting mm-hmm. paint fumes yep. my house. There was like this little white thing on my front door. It looked a little moldy. And I was like, that's weird. It was then, a mushroom. Well, the next morning, it had turned into something that could best be ascribed to Stranger Things. Like this very <laughs> fuzzy, almost Gross. spider-esque thing. Ooh. So I got a bleach you know, uh-huh. wipe and wiped it off. And I think it was just like a mold Multiple that yeah. like flower yeah. or bloomed, whatever. It was bonkers. That's weird. And so strange. But the humidity, the heat, like the door opened and the door closed. Mm-hmm. Like it was just weird. But like welcome to the south where it really does feel like the apocalypse half the yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's so humid that like even when it doesn't rain, there are just mushrooms everywhere yes. in Tallahassee anyway. Yeah. Um, my downstairs neighbors have these like hedges under our stairs. Um and a few weeks ago, I like looked in there and thought there was a football. And I was like, that's weird. No kids live here. Mm-hmm. And then I looked closer and I was like, no, that's meat. Why is there meat in the bushes? And then I looked closer and it was an enormous mushroom. <laughs> what a journey you went I on. I know. It was a bizarre 10 seconds. Yeah. Of, Wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> anyway, mystery solved. Yeah. So I'm glad it's September. I'm glad it's September too. And I, I don't know how you are. I... I mean, there's a lot going on at the bookshelf this September, that is true. But September does feel like a little bit calmer than the rest. Like, fall at the bookstore, obviously, mm-hmm. hopefully, right, is right. super busy. It's that after Labor Day. Yes, but September, and I'm, as I'm saying it, I'm realizing it's not true, because we have one book this month. Uh-huh. But normally, it feels like September is a nice way to ease into the busyness of the season. Right. It feels a little bit like somebody has thrown me into the deep end uh-huh. um, without a life jacket. I Luckily, think, I can swim. I think you did that. I did it. I, I threw, threw myself in. Yep. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I am the culprit. Oh. Talk about DIY. <laughs> okay. um, but we're here now at the top of the month to recap what we read in the previous month. Yay. August was pretty good as I was looking good. back. Um, I I had a couple of like slow weeks, um, partly because... I don't know if anybody else is like this, but when I finish a book I love, I know that one of the things that helps you keep reading like in a rhythm is to like have your next book mm-hmm. ready or like have something in mind. But sometimes I also finish something and need a few days yeah. because it was so good that I want to relish in it. Absolutely. And not do my next book a disservice. Yeah. Anyway, so there are a couple of spots like that in August. Yeah, and I finished something um, that I started in July and then didn't finish something that I started in August. Okay. And so I'll talk about those. Great. Uh, so the first book I read in August was The Duchess of Bloomsbury Street. Um, this is by Helene Hampf. Um, we talked about her first book, 84 Charing Cross Road. Right. In our last 
conversation. And when I posted that review to Instagram, someone, and I don't know who it was, but thank you, commented, oh, have you read the sequel? And I was like, what? And so in 84 Charing Cross, she's writing letters back and forth to a bookseller Mm -hmm. in England. And it was lovely and charming and delightful. Also, thank you to everyone who told us about the movie. <laughs> yes, which because I, there were literally dozens of you who told us <laughs> that this movie exists. So many, and I'm so grateful because Jordan and I watched it. Um, it was good. I preferred the book as one often does, mm-hmm. but I really did appreciate uh, the movie. And I thought I think Annette Bening was in it, um, and Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. and they were they were the perfect people to be in that movie. Um, so. Everybody will be thrilled. If you read 84 Charing Cross, the Duchess of Bloomsbury Street, she ultimately does get to go to England. Mm. So the sad part, and what makes me so sad at the end of 84 Charing Cross, and sorry, spoilers, but she doesn't get to go meet him before he dies. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of like financial things where she can't go. Well, she publishes this book. And now her publisher, of course, wants to mm-hmm. pay for her to go to London. So The Duchess of Bloomsbury Street is about her finally getting to go to London. Great. And I was able to read this after getting to go to London. It was such... That's perfect. Oh my gosh. The serendipity. I'm glad you didn't know about me it. Too. Until you me too. Me <laughs> too. It was able to like transport me back yeah. to my trip. It was able, It helped me kind of relive some of my favorite moments from that trip. Um, I can't believe the serendipity of discovering these two books in my own post-London haze. Yeah. Uh, the writing is great. Helene Hamp is like Nora Ephron, like really snarky, uh, very funny. Can't believe I had not really heard of her before. Um, almost Lorelai Gilmore or, mm. or uh, that show you like, Miss Maisel-esque. Oh, yeah. Very New York, mm-hmm. dry. Yeah. Anyway, these books were delightful. I cannot recommend them enough. Um, some people frequently ask me what books I actually buy now. Well, I bought these two books. Mm, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> Just lovely. Um, talk to me about Frankly in Love. Frankly in Love was one of the books I took on vacation to Prince Edward Island. Um, I wanted a book that I could really speed through. I actually don't know that this fit that bill because it was pretty thick for mm-hmm. a young adult book. Um, and when I travel, I try to really be strategic about how heavy are these books? How, uh, how long are these books? Um, but then I leave them. Where mm-hmm. I, so I read this one and then left it at the air, um, at the bed and breakfast where we stayed. So Frankly in Love is a young adult book. It is about a young man named Frank, uh, as you might have guessed. I did guess uh, that. Who is um, an immigrant child. And so he has, he was, I say he was an immigrant. His parents are immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so you do get something that I really love in literature. And I'm trying to think of some other books I've read with this similar theme. But basically there's this generational conflict between his parents who were born elsewhere right. and then Frank who's American born. Right. Um, and then it's a love story, obviously, as Frank first falls in love with a white girl and then, you know, kind of has to fake being in love with a girl from his own heritage. Um, and then, of course, maybe does he really fall in right. love with her? There are all kinds of little complications. One of my favorite parts of this book um, was the tension between Frank and his parents, but then also Frank's platonic friendship with his um, best friend. Mm. They are just adorable together, and I can totally see them in a in a little YA movie situation, like a Netflix mm-hmm. uh, film. Anyway, I liked this book because of the things I just said. It, it was very young adult, so if you like YA Lit, I think this will be for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also fun. It's releasing, I want to say, next week. Um, but when it comes out, it's coming out in hardback with 
um, blue edges on the pages. Oh, okay. So this would be a fun one to own and put on your shelf. Um, but I, like I said, really liked the themes of the book. Um, the love stories were quirky and fun, but what I found most interesting was this kind of tension that Frank faces with his own personal identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it actually is one of the few YA books that treats um, young adult relationships with both respect but also realism. Mm-hmm. A lot of YA rom-coms, ones that I really like, mm-hmm. you know, the kids feel like they're going to stay together forever. And, and meh, yeah. like, <laughs> um, But I appreciated that this author really approached this, I felt, in a realistic way. And, and it's Frank's relationship with his dad, too, that is really touching mm-hmm. um, because it's clearly very fraught. Right. Um, I don't know, really well done, I, I thought. That's good. Yeah, it wasn't one that, like, I would pick up again, but I really liked, I really liked my time spent with these Good. people. So frankly, that's in a, love. I think that's a positive review. Yeah. Um, what about the mother-in-law? Okay, I picked this one up in Canada because in Canada it's out in paperback already. Ah. So this was one of the books I bought at a Canadian bookstore. Um, I picked it up because somebody at Reader Retreat recommended it. Um, it looks like a thriller. Okay. It sounds like a thriller. Okay. Looks like like a thriller, sounds like a thriller, but is really more of a domestic drama. Okay. A la Leanne Moriarty. Right. Big Little Lies-esque. Mm-hmm. I loved this book in that it was totally what I wanted. I think most people know what I mean by an airplane book. Yeah. I want a book that I can like basically finish in one mm-hmm. flight um, and that will take my mind off the fact that we're flying in the air. Yeah. <laughs> something that's just very compelling. Yes. Um, not necessarily something you have to think too much about. That's right. But just fun and good. Yes. This fit that bill exactly and yet also had some really interesting things to say mm. about mother and daughter-in-law relationships and mother-daughter relationships. Um, so we, the book opens and we find out the mother-in-law is dead mm. because I mean that instantly happens. And now we kind of get these flashbacks because the police have come to interview the daughter-in-law and we're trying to figure out, mm-hmm. did the daughter-in-law kill the mother-in-law? That mm. seems the obvious. The title suggests yeah, this. Yes. <laughs> um, but you get a lot of really compelling backstory. It reminded me of Leanne Moriarty at her best. Um, so Sally Hepworth wrote this one. I think I have read other things by Sally, but I cannot recall them at the mm. moment. Um, this one, because I can't recall even the other books I've read <laughs> by her, I'm going to say that this one is her most compelling because I find it memorable and yeah. it is one I could easily sell to almost anybody who comes in the store. Like, it, it, it is compulsively readable. Um, so thank you to the people. Somebody suggested it as an audiobook. Um, so I actually did read the physical copy of this, but if you are looking for either maybe a last-minute trip to the beach, like as the summer dwindles, or if you are taking a trip somewhere, very compelling, plain road trip book, mm-hmm. um, just because it'll, it'll take you mentally where you need to go. Cool. Yeah. Which one's next? Okay, Pages and Co. The Book Wanderers. Okay, this I believe. I read that as Book Wanderers, and I was like, I have to. This know what is that fascinating. Means. Sounds just like something you would like. <laughs> um, so Olivia recommended this to me. I took it on my trip to Canada, um, partly because of how Olivia sold it. So Pages and Co. The Book Wanderers is the start of a new kids series, children's chapter book. Um, but I believe it is already out in the UK mm. uh, because the book is set in London, okay. and I don't. I think um, Olivia did know that when um, selling it to me, but I 
very much, again, was kind of transported to this place that I got to go. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. But the premise behind this book is that this young girl lives with her grandparents who own their own bookstore mm-hmm. in London. And she doesn't realize, but her grandparents are able to visit the books that they cool. that are in their store. And sometimes the characters from those books also enter cool. the world of the bookstore um, where they they the books where they own. It's like a little bit page master. Yes. Yeah. Very page master esque. Uh, so I loved this book, took it on this trip because one of the first characters, the young girl meets is Anne Shirley. Mm. Um, so it was fun to get to visit that while in Anne Shirley territory. Um, but if you were looking for a book for your kids and a book that you as the parent might actually enjoy too, mm-hmm. these are, I again, I think this is going to be a series. This is just the first one, but it was delightful. That sounds really cute. Very adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we joke, some children's chapter books and YA books are heavy mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I think kids can handle that, especially with the adult helping them along but this is just fun and if you are like me and Chris and you love the page master Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, then I think this just it I mean when you were a kid wouldn't you have loved loved this to be true yeah Yeah. like wouldn't you have this sounds exactly like something I would have wanted to read same so anyway pages and co the book wanderers really great children's chapter book um thrilled that it's in America and thrilled to get to sell it to kids and their parents the next one, I think, was The Goldfinch, and there's yes. a whole episode about whole that. whole episode. But can I tell you? Absolutely. You would love it. I know. Um, I listened to your episode, <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's time for me to read it. Yeah, um, you would love because, it. Because, like... You hear- and I put it off. We did. Yeah. We did. And now hearing you and Hunter talk about it, you guys had a great discussion about it, and I thought, well, okay. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. You, you would really <laughs> like it, and I... Because I didn't realize it's a mother-son. Yes. Right? Me Which is what I'm always looking for, right? Because yeah. those books don't exist. You did. Yeah. Um, and so... That's good enough reason yeah. because nobody writes those books. So yeah. thank you, Donna Tart. Um, I will stop avoiding this one. And when I settle down into having my reading rhythm again, which I think will be very shortly. Well, and I was going to say, I can picture, I know you've changed your like reading and bed habits, but I can picture you reading this in the fall yeah. with a cozy candle because it is like a tome. Yeah. And so you, no, can, it's big. It, you can sit and like relish in it. Absolutely. And now that it's after Labor Day and so my schedule is very regular for the next several weeks, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, good yes. schedule. I can do things yes. again. So looking forward to it. Do have some other things that I want to read and finish first, but I imagine this will be one of the first ones in the new year. I think you'd like it. Cool. Um, After that was... The um, Dearly Beloved. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to tell a funny story. Wedding or funeral? Neither. Neither. Okay. Neither. I'm going to tell you about it. Because um, I think you would like this one too. I do think you would like it. Um, so I have a funny story, which is we sent out... Um, arcs to Jamie and Knox mm-hmm. so that they could pick books mm-hmm. for their partnership with us for their shelf subscriptions. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but after I mailed those, mm-hmm. Hunter texted me and he was like, hey, have you heard of this book called The Dearly Beloved? It sounds like a faith book, like meaning about complicated faith yeah. relationships. Like, I think you might really like it. Um, so I like email my Simon & Schuster rep and I then somebody else recommends it to me. Like, I forget who, but somebody else recommends it. And I'm like, oh. And then I realize it's, it's one, one of the ones sent. I sent to Knox and Jamie. Which is maybe perfect. Yes, which I think was perfect. Right. It was perfect. But... It also sounds like a Knox book. Yes, but I was like, okay, well, then it can't be my shelf subscription because it could be one of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to move on. The book releases 
or like to us or like uh-huh. we got copies early. So I sneaked one home. What a lovely story. I had low expectations partly because Lucy had started this mm-hmm. one and she um, was a little bit ambivalent. She didn't dislike it, but it was a little bit ambivalent about some of the treatments of Faith. Um, I wound up falling in love and I told Lucy, I think she might like it. She, I forget how many pages she gave it, but she didn't, um, give it very many before she was like, "Uh, I don't know that I'm going to like this one. I, so it's about two, um, men who basically are trying to enter the priesthood. Mm -hmm. Um, but lest people be turned off by that. Like, I think even people without faith or with a different faith might really like Mm -hmm. this because it's about these two men join, they join the, um, I say priesthood. They become Presbyterian ministers. Okay. okay so we're not talking like That's Catholic a, priests. That is an important distinction. Yes. But yes. So they become Presbyterian ministers. They we watch them kind of through seminary, and they don't they don't know each other. Um, they wind up meeting because this rectorship, like this Presbyterian church in New York City, says we want a new pre- preacher, priest, minister, who will both appeal to social justice and who will also appeal to. Um, to like theological doctrine and mm-hmm. soundness, like who will love church history. Mm-hmm. Well, they discover that the best way to get that is to hire two ministers, not one. And so they hire these two guys. This takes place in like the, I want to say 60s. Okay. So they go to this church. They go with their wives. One of the wives was born and raised in church. One of the wives is an atheist. So, but she's married to mm-hmm. a minister. The, their relationships of the four couples, they are the dearly beloved. Ah. Um, and it com- comes into play toward the very end. Um, but they wind up forming this really kind of messy, it's not actually the picturesque Mitford type friendship mm-hmm. you think they're going to right. make. But they kind of form this complicated relationship with one another um, that I adored. Very reminiscent of Gilead, Mitford, and crossing to safety gotcha the friendships from crossing to safety all your favorites yes this book was so good i wound up marking so many passages because their relationship to belief each Mm -hmm. of them has such a different relationship to belief which i appreciated like finally a book that shows belief looks different for a lot of people and lack of belief looks different for a lot of people and how do you get to these points and why do you believe or not believe and right and what do you believe or not believe? I just thought it was excellent. And this is a debut, so I cannot wait to see what the author does next. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really, I really loved it. And as it turned out, so did Knox. Um, but I, I'm so grateful for to Hunter for putting it on my radar. Um, and I, I just thoroughly, this is another one that I think I could put in anybody's hands. I also teased on my Instagram review, it's very PG. Mm. So to people like my mom who are mm-hmm. always kind of, not even questioning, but I think just really want to read books that maybe are quote unquote clean for lack of a better term. Yeah. This is very well written, very compelling and totally PG. So yeah. So if you, if you wanted to read, if you wanted to watch Fleabag, but you couldn't, here you go. So, um, and then finally the Dutch house. Okay. This will be my last one to talk about. This was my last book of the month. And like Goldfinch, it's what I will not say it led me into a reading slump. It just made me want to take a break for mm-hmm. a few days. Okay. Cause this is the new Ann Patchett. So good. <laughs> um, I have not read everything by Ann Patchett. Um, but I read Commonwealth and mm-hmm. loved it. I have read some of her nonfiction essays mm-hmm. and loved them. This to me is certainly my favorite of her books. Wow. Okay. I, I don't 
know if other like I don't know what critics will say. I don't know if they will say it her, is her best, but for me, it is her best. So the book revolves around these two siblings. It's actually the perfect pairing for family of origin. Ooh. So it's about this pair of siblings, an older sister and a younger brother. Okay. And they grow up in this beautiful kind of, not even mansion, just kind of this historic home. It kind of reminded me of Loving Frank in the detail that is given to the architecture of this gotcha. place. Um, but this kind of historic home, they grow up in it. Um, but quickly, like pretty immediately, um, we see that their stepmother kind of, kind of removes them from the home. So this wealth and opulence that they kind of grew up with and this and this attachment to this historic place kind of stays with them mm -hmm. as they go through adulthood without having this home anymore. Okay. Like without basically having this really important part of their formative years really they don't have it with them anymore. It's right. been taken from them. So that's why where the book gets its name The Dutch House, but it's really a sibling story mm -hmm. which I really love. Um the book is narrated by Danny, the brother, but Maeve, who is the older sister, I don't know the last time I felt so deeply connected and kind of in love with a protagonist mm. or a main character. Like I'm thinking of Rabbit Cake. Right. This may be the last mm. time. Yeah. Um, Maeve became a character who I just... I wanted more of her, not in a bad way. Like Anne Patchett gave exactly the right amount of time and billing to Maeve, mm. but she was just so, gosh, she was exactly what I want out of a character in a book. Um, complicated and interesting and funny. And um, anyway, I adored this book. If you like dysfunctional family stories, you know what? It's also reminiscent of Unsheltered, except uh -huh. way faster paced. Right. So if you're listening to this and you hated Unsheltered, even after I recommended it because it was too slow, I understand. Um, this is way more moves along at a quick speed. I mean, I think I took this book with me everywhere. Mm. Like I went, I had the best day last Monday. I went to therapy, got to therapy early, read this book in the waiting room, didn't look at my phone. Uh, then ate at Hopkins for lunch all by myself. There is nothing better. <laughs> and ate and ate and read this book. In Market Square? In Market Square. Oh my gosh. It was delightful. And I just, my reading experience was wonderful. I cannot wait to hand sell it. My only sad little bit is that I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of bummed because people read and patch it anyway. Right. So it's not something so that's going to be like, yes. let me tell you about this thing that you don't know about. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I can't be the first person to but tell you about But you can confirm, it. like, guys, it's as good as everybody says. Yes. I can confirm that the hype is legit and deserved. Um, it is in my top five of the year. Easy. That's great. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Yeah. If you liked um, Family of Origin, or even maybe you enjoyed Family of Origin, but it was perhaps a weird departure for you, the Dutch house is perhaps... A little more mainstream. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good too. Yeah. They'd be good, good pair together. Um, in our last reading re recap, I think I mentioned um, that I had been reading God by Reza Aslan. Yes. Um, finished it. Okay. Um, it ended in a way that I didn't expect. Okay. In that he then gives... The book is essentially like chapter by chapter an exploration of what different human societies and pre-societies have thought, have how they've conceptualized the idea of God. Okay. Um, whether this is many gods or um, a pantheistic deity that kind of like is the universe mm -hmm. or like the Christian God or the Muslim God or the Jewish God or all the Hindu gods or the, uh, all, all the different gods. Okay. And any kind of God you can imagine, he talks about it. A third of the book is also end notes. 
because he does all of his research, but puts it in EndNote so that you can just read through and don't have to worry about it if you don't want to, which I think is really accessible and nice. Then in the end, though, in the final chapter, he has a conclusion, which is essentially like, so here's my faith journey, and was like, I was raised Muslim, I rejected that, I became a Christian in college, and then I rejected that and turned back to Islam, but now I've rejected that, and now I'm a pantheist. I believe that God is the universe, you are God, I am God, we are all God, God is all that is. Interesting. And it's really interesting, and it's not what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> After this really well-researched, yeah. like... Um, and I, like, I respect the journey. Yeah. It's cool. I wasn't expecting him to be like, so here's why you should believe what I believe. Interesting. Um, and so, like, I was a little turned off, even though I have, I have other thoughts, but I was a little turned off by the conclusion section yeah. just because of how proselytizing it was okay so it wasn't just this is what i believe now you go do you right. it was it this wasn't. is the conclusion i've reached perhaps yes. you should perhaps reach it you too. should reach it too oh interesting um which i was a little turned off by so yeah. i will say that if you went out based on my unfinished review and bought this <laughs> be aware yeah um that just that the end is not what i really wanted although i think it's really interesting yeah and i'm i don't I don't disagree necessarily 100% with his conclusions. I think they're actually very well supported and researched, but right. it's not what I wanted from this book. I was about to say, it's not the direction the rest of the book no. was. No, um, and so I was just a little like, huh, oh, okay. Uh, Wait, where, where are you taking me? Sh- sure. <laughs> so that's that. I, I do think it's really well researched. If it's something that you're interested in at all, if you were raised in any particular faith community and you're curious about what other people believe in very broad strokes. Yeah. Um, I still am intrigued by it. I think I, I might I think it. I think you should try it. I'll say it's slow to start because okay. it starts from prehistory. Okay. And it's talking about like caves, <laughs> which I was riveted by. <laughs> I think Kelsey not so much because we okay. read it together. Yeah. Um, and ultimately it was like, well, this was really interesting, but like I was way more into the first half than she was. Okay. And then the second half she was really into. Okay. Good to know. But it's probably... I think it's it's less than 150 pages, I think. I kind of wonder about it on thing. audio, too. It might be really good on audio. Yeah. Yeah. Because so um, there's also lots of hard-to-pronounce names and words yeah. all throughout. So when we were reading aloud, it was always like, Gerbeckli Tepe. <laughs> Doing which the best com- I can. Which comes up a lot. Yeah. Um, which is a thing that I didn't know about, which I found absolutely fascinating. So really good book. Took a turn in the in the last four pages that I was yeah. like, oh, wait, I didn't expect this. But I think it's still very good. Okay. That's and then know. the book that I started in August, really, really liked and haven't touched in two weeks, even mm-hmm. though I have 50 pages left, Lager Queen of Minnesota. Oh, you're so close. I know. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah. But I'm in that, the, like, the very end, yeah. the last couple, couple chapters, and I just haven't been motivated to pick it up and finish it. Yeah. And I know you understand that phenomenon. I do. Um, even though I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. I think what happened with um, Kitchens of the Great Midwest yeah. is I was on a timeline. Yes. I was on a deadline because I was giving it to my mom and I wanted to read it before I gave it to her. Yeah. And so I had like two days Incentive. to read it. And so I was like, got to do this. Got to get through it. Yeah. When it's really something I wish I'd taken my time with. Yes. I've taken too much time with this one. I gotcha. Um, but. Reading rhythm is real. I love it. Yeah. Can we talk about it a little bit? Yes. Um, so the same kinds of characters yes. as Kitchens, different narrative structure. Yes. It's not like all the same thing as told by a bunch of different people. Yes. Um, it is different. Um, I, and I wound up liking this narrative structure. I did too. And I'm glad he did something different uh-huh. because I think if he had done something the same, I would have been constantly comparing it to Kitchens. I would have been like, oh, one trick pony. Yes. Um, but no, I was totally in love with the first chapter. Um, I 
I laughed so much. I think this is such a funny book. Yeah. Um, and he put so many good jokes in his narrator's mouths who don't realize they're making jokes. Yeah. And I think that's so clever. He treats his... I, I know I already said this, but he treats his... Because he's from the Midwest. Uh-huh. He treats that part of the country with such tenderness. So much care. So much care. These people are real. Right. And they're funny. Right. And they say things that you or I might be like, oh, that's stereotypical uh-huh. Minnesota or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like he's doing it and it makes sense. It feels authentic and real. And I think what I like about it is if you just read the first chapter, it could very easily be a chapter from Kitchen of the Great Midwest. Yes. Agreed. And then it shifts. Yes. And it takes a departure. But it's like a really nice, if you enjoy kitchens, go into this one. You will feel at home. Yes. And then he'll take you on a new adventure. Yes. Um, really like him. Really, really, really Big like fan. him. Um, Big fan. Can't wait to see what he does next. But this book just came out, so it might be a little I know. while. Although, was Kitchens two years ago? Three. Yeah, I thought it was two, and then I was like, okay, so in no, two years. No, I think it was. Out. I think it was twenty sixteen. Okay, might have been twenty fifteen. I think it was twenty fifteen. Well dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well bummer. Um, I will say everybody who I've recommended this to from people like my dad who actually knows something about beer mm-hmm. and can actually relate to that part of the yeah. story to people like me who know absolutely nothing right. and other people like me who know nothing. It is utterly enjoyable. You don't need to know anything about beer to enjoy this story. No. Because it's not about beer. No. It is, but it's not. Yeah. It, I just, the, you're right, the people, I just fell in love with them. And he writes women so well. So well. How and like, I, I think, I'm glad to hear you say that too. Because yes. they felt so authentic. I love, I love his female characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great book. What do you think we call him? Jay or Jay Ryan? I think Ryan probably. Ryan. Ryan, we love you. Ryan, we love you. I really do. <laughs> I what do. a talent. He liked a... Doesn't it make you feel like a, a freaking celebrity? Yeah. He liked one of my posts, and I was like, what? <laughs> this is so exciting. I think he liked something I said on Twitter um, to, oh, feels so to good. a 90s comic book writer. I texted you about this. This 90s comic book writer who has a reputation as, like, not a curmudgeon, but, like, someone with very strong opinions. And he just posted this thing that was like, I love this book. This book was so good. I can't put it down. And I just thought, what in the world? <laughs> appealing to everyone but also i totally get it yeah it's a very good book it is oh good well i can't wait for you to finish good month good month unusual for august take it august is the cruelest month it is of sin oh my god oh my god oh my god from the front porch is a production of the bookshelf an independent bookstore in thomasville georgia it's produced by me annie jones and chris jensen and edited by chris jensen if you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop thank you as always to forlorn strangers for the use of our theme music it's called bottom of the barrel from their album forlorn strangers learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also find us at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. 
This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. Okay, this is gonna be a two-part story, okay. so if people like it, they gotta listen Tune next week. Tune in next week. Okay, so Izzy. Yes. Okay, she came in to, not for story time, because she's old, she's, she's 12. Yeah, I was gonna say, she's aged out. Yeah, so she came on Saturday though, and all, I just saw her out of the corner of my eye taking my dog bowls, and I was like, are you refilling those? And she was like, yeah, they were empty. So I love, like I love how comfortable she is, and so she had taken the dog bowls from outside and was filling them up. And then she came and told me, that she's 12 now, she mm -hmm. turned 12 in August, and she just saw Grease for the first time. Okay. And I was like, oh, tell me all about it because I also saw Grease for the first time when I was 12. And she said, there are two funny things that happened, I'm gonna tell the first one here. So she, she was like, well, I saw it, and my school, I watched it because my school is going to do a play, agree we're gonna do the play Grease and she looked at me and she was like and I really don't see how <laughs> and that I was is like, such an easy comment and it is so fair because I also saw Grease for the first time when I was 12 which meant a lot of those plot lines just fly right over and it's the music I'm paying attention to then I see it still love Grease by the way I'm sure it is problematic in all kinds, in all kinds of ways. ways but that entire musical is about sex yes and I don't understand why high schools are like let's do Grease Izzy is 12 I know so that's how middle, middle school <laughs> and I'm sure they're doing Grease Jr. Yes. But at what cost? Uh, and so I just, Izzy was like, I just don't see how. And because sometimes Izzy is such a little old lady yeah. that it is adorable. <laughs> so I have another Grease st adjacent story that relates to Izzy, but I will save it. Tune in next week. <laughs> and that's when we'll see you.